You're listening to the Informal Bible Study, a casual and applicational look at the Scriptures. I'm John Stonge, and it's great to have you with us today. In just a few moments, we're going to be looking at Jeremiah chapter 11, verses 1 to 8, and we're going to be asking the question, why is it so hard to listen to what I need to hear? But before we take a look at that, just a couple quick things I wanted to share with you. Primarily, I want to just encourage you to stop by our website at some point during the course of the week. Our website is desirejesus.com. We have our newsletter sign up on the website if you want to find out about some of the resources that we give away or if you want to find out about a new blog post that we've just posted. That link is found in the top right of the page. You'll also find our bookstore at DesireJesus.com, and I'll highlight the newest book that I've placed up there. It's the Desire Jesus One-Year Devotional, and it's basically 365 days of readings of Scripture and commentary and thoughts related to finding Jesus in the Scriptures, being encouraged in our walk with Him. And you can find those details and a bunch of our other books in the bookstore section of our website. So stop by DesireJesus.com, and uh, when you're there, drop us a line. Let us know that you stopped by. We'd be happy to hear from you. It's always an encouragement to me each and every week to be able to hear from those who listen to this podcast. Now, as I mentioned just a moment ago, today we're looking at Jeremiah chapter 11, and we're asking the question, why is it so hard to listen to what I need to hear? And this is what it says in verse 1 of Jeremiah 11. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Hear the words of this covenant, and speak to the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. You shall say to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Cursed be the man who does not hear the words of this covenant that I commanded your fathers when I brought them out of the land of Egypt from the iron furnace, saying, Listen to my voice, and do all that I command you. So shall you be my people, and I will be your God, that I may confirm the oath that I swore to your fathers, to give them a land flowing with milk and honey, as at this day. Then I answered, So be it, Lord. And the Lord said to me, Proclaim all these words in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. Hear the words of this covenant and do them. For I solemnly warned your fathers when I brought them up out of the land of Egypt, warning them persistently, even to this day, saying, Obey my voice. Yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but everyone walked in the stubbornness of his evil heart. Therefore, I brought upon them all the words of this covenant, which I commanded them to do, but they did not. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the privilege to be able to look at it together today. And Lord, as we look at this portion of Scripture, we pray that as men and women who have experienced redemption through faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, and as men and women who have experienced the gift of a new mind through faith in Jesus, that when we look at this portion of your word, we would learn to be people who listen to your voice, that we would listen to your counsel, that we wouldn't just read about these things, but that we would practice these things in our day-to-day life. But Lord, we recognize that this is difficult, so we pray for your intervention in our lives so that we would listen to what you have counseled us to do. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We pray that we would be listening right now and that you would speak to us through it. 
And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. A while back, I had a a very strange experience. I was teaching an adult Sunday school class to a group of about 25 people. And as I was speaking, I noticed that very abruptly, I lost the hearing in my right ear. It was very strange. And I remember I paused for a moment when it happened because it was such a strange sensation. And I actually told the class what was happening. I told them that I I couldn't hear out of my right ear. And I remember I tried to wiggle my ear to see if the problem would go away. And, And when it didn't correct itself, I just continued to teach the class. But it was such a strange sensation. And I visited my doctor the next day, and he explained to me the nature of the problem, and he walked me through the process of correcting it. And it took about a week to correct, but like he said, by the end of the week, after one more visit to the doctor, my hearing was restored. Now, I'll spare you the details of what was wrong, but I'll tell you this, I was quite relieved to have my hearing again after losing it for several days. And ironically, sometimes when our hearing is in perfectly good order, we still struggle to listen. That's what this passage of Scripture is speaking about. The Lord's people were struggling to listen to the instructions, directions, and counsel that He graciously offered them, and they were paying a price for their willful ignorance. Now, in our context, why is it so difficult for us to listen to what we really need to hear? Well, this portion of Scripture helps us to very clearly understand exactly why. And one of the things that it brings out in the opening verses is the fact that that ignorance can persist for generations. One of the reasons it's so difficult for us to hear what we actually need to listen to is that ignorance can be a long-lasting pattern. It can persist for generations. Look at what it says, starting with verse 1. Let me reread a few of these verses. It says, The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Hear the words of this covenant, and speak to the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. You shall say to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Cursed be the man who does not hear the words of this covenant, that I commanded your fathers when I brought them out of the land of Egypt from the iron furnace. Let's pause there. Now, let me give you a little bit of background here. At the time of the the writing of this chapter of Scripture, the nation of Judah was about to be invaded by the kingdom of Babylon, led by Nebuchadnezzar. The northern kingdom, so the ten tribes that made up Israel in the northern kingdom, had already experienced invasion by the Assyrians. But now the power of Assyria, it was starting to wane, it was starting to lessen, and Babylon was becoming the major power to contend with. Egypt, they noticed that this was taking place. And they even attempted to destroy the Babylonians before their power would grow too great. Josiah, who was a godly king of Judah, Judah being the southern kingdom of Israel, made up of two of the twelve tribes, uh, Josiah was told by the Lord not to intervene when this conflict between Egypt and Babylon took place. Egypt was going to march their soldiers through Josiah's territory as they made their attempt to attack Babylon. But instead of listening to the Lord's direction not to get involved, Josiah did his own thing. He attempted to fight against Egypt, and he lost his life in the battle, even though Josiah was known for being a godly man. He serves as a great example of the consequences of ignoring the Lord's voice. Ignoring the Lord's voice wasn't merely a recent issue for the people of Judah. 
It was actually a problem that had been persisting for generations. The Lord had made a covenant with them that he would bless them with the privilege to live in the promised land as they willfully obeyed the law he had given them. The land the Lord had given them was beautiful. It was described as a land flowing with milk and honey, the kind of place they would be grateful to live in, a pleasant and bountiful land. But instead of keeping the covenant the Lord had made with them, the people broke it repeatedly. They broke it in every way. Every single direction the Lord gave to them, they ignored and trampled on. So as a result, the northern kingdom of Israel was taken into captivity by the Assyrians, and the southern kingdom of Judah was taken into captivity by the Babylonians. Ignorance toward the law of God was a problem that was prevalent for generations. Disregarding his covenant and disregarding his word was taught and modeled generation after generation in their context. And ironically, this is our struggle as well. Think about it for a second. We struggle with the same exact thing. We instinctively rebel against the Lord. And then in our words and in our actions, we end up modeling that kind of rebellion to our own children. Think for a moment about what it tells us in James chapter 2, verse 10. The New Living Translation phrases it this way, For the person who keeps all of the laws, except one, is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. It's a fascinating statement. It shows us that we're people who rebel against the Lord effectively in every way possible. And then we complain against the Lord when we don't feel like he's blessed us enough. And we complain against him when we feel like we're lacking the kind of peace that we desire. But then we look at what his word says, and it tells us that we're lawbreakers. So if we, like the people of Judah, have been guilty for generations of breaking the law of God, what hope is there for us? Do we not also deserve the same kind of discipline that they received? And what hope is there for the person or the family who has lived in rebellion toward God for generations? What hope is there? Well, the truth is, our only hope is Jesus Christ. Look at what it tells us in Galatians chapter 3, starting with verse 23. We read this, Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then, the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. The Scripture teaches us that Jesus has perfectly kept the law for us. And now, as we listen to his voice calling out to us and trust in him by faith, we are declared righteous. We are justified as if we too have kept the law of God. So part of the reason why it's so hard for us to listen to what we need to hear is because ignorance can persist for generations, but Christ is the one who opens our eyes and opens our hearts to see the truth, and he keeps the law for us, and through faith in him we are declared righteous. Jeremiah chapter 11 also tells us another reason why it can be very difficult for us to listen to what we need to hear most, and that's this. We've settled for lesser things and lost sight of what's best. 
Look at the second part of verse 4, and I'll read from the second part of verse 4 down to verse 5, but it says this, saying, Listen to my voice, and do all that I command you. So shall you be my people, and I will be your God, that I may confirm the oath that I swore to your fathers, to give them a land flowing with milk and honey, as at this day. Then I answered, So be it, Lord. Have you ever observed how your taste buds seem to change over the course of your life and how you can notice the way different foods make you feel better than you used to notice when you were a child? When I was a young teenager, I remember becoming so hungry during school that I would daydream about the food I wanted to eat. I still have a distinct memory of daydreaming about an unlimited supply of Big Macs being supplied to me while I was languishing in algebra class. True story. And now when I try and eat a Big Mac, which I have done as an adult, uh, I feel like I enjoy the taste for about half a second, and then I spend the rest of the day regretting my decision. I'm old enough now to notice the differences between good food and not-so-good food. But that doesn't mean that I don't test that knowledge from time to time by settling for lesser things instead of striving for what's best. That's a genuine issue for us, just like it was for the people of Judah that the Lord was speaking to through Jeremiah. In their context, the Lord was imploring them to finally and joyfully listen to his voice. His calling on their lives was that they would trust him enough to do what he had called them to do. And he assured them that they would enjoy and would experience the blessings that came along with obedience. But of course, this remained a struggle. This back-and-forth issue of trust and obedience, it reminds me of a story that I read from two different sources not very long ago. Apparently, there had been a house fire, and the majority of the family was able to get out of the house right away, with the exception of a young son who was able to climb through a window, and I guess from what I read in the story, possibly onto the roof a little bit, but he wasn't sure what to do from there because there was a lot of smoke and he couldn't see beyond the smoke. And then he heard his father's voice calling out to him to jump. But he protested, and he said, I hear your voice, Dad, but I can't see you. And his father replied, Trust me, because I can see you. And the boy jumped toward his father's voice, and he was safely caught and safely rescued. And when I look at a portion of Scripture like this, that's exactly what I see God doing for us. Isn't he essentially saying the same thing? We get all caught up in what we can see and what's already familiar to us. But he tells us to trust him, to obey him, and to stop running from his voice because he can see the things that we're struggling to see. God's love and concern for his children is genuine and it's true. And when his word tells us to love our neighbor and to forgive as we've been forgiven and to remain faithful to our spouse and to speak with honest lips and to train our children to do the same, he isn't trying to burden us. Rather, he's offering us the privilege to begin to see things the way he sees things. He's giving us a glimpse of everything that's beyond the smoke that clouds our natural vision. He invites us through faith in His Son, Jesus Christ, to live as His people, content to trust the protective presence of our generous and caring God. 
and he doesn't want us to settle for anything less than him. Nothing can satisfy us like he alone has the power to do. The scripture encourages us not to be people who settle for lesser things and lose sight of what's best, but rather to recognize that our hearts can only ultimately be satisfied through the Lord himself. One other reason why it's hard for us to listen to what we really need to hear is mentioned in verses 6 to 8. And these verses illustrate to us that it takes humility to accept counsel. Look at what it says in these verses. It says, And the Lord said to me, Proclaim all these words in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. Hear the words of this covenant and do them. For I solemnly warned your fathers when I brought them up out of the land of Egypt, warning them persistently, even to this day, saying, Obey my voice. Yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but everyone walked in the stubbornness of his evil heart. Therefore I brought upon them all the words of this covenant, which I commanded them to do, but they did not. Isn't it tragic to see the way the Lord describes the people of Judah in this passage? We're told here that even after experiencing the blessings of being brought out of their captivity in Egypt generations before, they refused to listen to the voice of their Redeemer. They didn't obey. They didn't incline their ear. They continued to walk in the stubbornness of their own evil hearts. Why is that so often the case? Well, the truth is, it takes humility to accept counsel. I had a funny experience the other day that reminded me of this. Matthew Thomas is one of the men in our church, and he's the technology director of our church, and we were having a problem with the church email. It wasn't coming through. It wasn't forwarding correctly. And uh, he helped me to troubleshoot what was actually wrong with it, and we got it fixed. But along the way, I made sure to jokingly tell him that I thought it was all his fault, because I think the technology director gets blamed for way too many things. And he knew I was joking, but he also made sure to point out that I wouldn't have been able to fix it without his help. And so just for fun, I sent him a text of what I was speaking about today for this message, including this particular point, and we both got a kick out of it. It really does take humility to accept counsel, even in small things, even in things that seem insignificant in the scope of life. It takes humility to accept counsel or to accept instruction or, or to accept advice, really, of any kind. Is there an area of your life right now where you feel like the Lord has been trying to get your attention, but you're still blocking your ears to his voice? Is there a way that he's been speaking to your conscience that you're growing weary with ignoring? Is he calling you to receive the gift of salvation through faith in his son, Jesus Christ? Or is he calling you to repent of some form of sin you've welcomed into your life and you've tried to hide from others? Or is he calling you to forgive and reconcile with someone that you've been at odds with? Or can you sense him calling you to become more acquainted with the teaching of his word? It takes humility to listen. It takes humility to be willing to accept counsel. This is true in all areas of life, but particularly in regard to our walk with the Lord. I like the example of listening that we're given in 1 Samuel chapter 3. In verses 8 to 10 of that passage, it says this, 
And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. It's a beautiful reminder of what it's like to listen to the voice of God. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Is that something that we'd be willing to pray in regard to our own lives, in regard to our own relationship with our Lord? This scripture from Jeremiah 11, it shows us that ignorance is something that can persist for generations. It can even impact people who are generally faithful to the Lord. And it's easy, we know, to settle for lesser things and lose sight of what is best. It's also common to react to the Lord's voice with an attitude of pride, and it's less common to receive his word with humility. But we need to hear what the Lord has to say. It's a privilege to hear his voice. It's a gift to be recipients of his teaching. Throughout the course of our lives, he has called us to be men and women who submit our hearts over to him and who joyfully listen to what we need to hear from him. That's his calling upon us. That's his desire for us. Would we say to him, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the privilege to be able to look at it together, to meditate on its content, and to be reminded in this portion of Scripture and the related passages that we looked at today of the importance of listening to your voice, listening to your counsel, obeying the teaching of your word. Lord, we recognize that it's very easy for us to go in all sorts of directions in our lives, but you've called us, Lord, to be people who listen to you. Through faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, you've given us a new mind, you've made us a new creation, you've given us new priorities, and we have a brand new future, we have an inheritance in your kingdom. These are all blessings that you have bestowed upon us by your grace and in your mercy. We don't deserve any of them, Lord, but we pray, Lord, that we would recognize with appreciation all you have done for us, and that we would step away from the kind of pride that we so often will assimilate into our lives or adopt as our pattern and perspective, and that we would embrace the humility that you can foster within us as we walk with you. Lord, thank you for your love. Help us to be obedient. Help us to listen to your counsel. Help us, please, we pray, Lord, to walk with you today. We thank you and we praise you for all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Informal Bible Study. As I mentioned at the start of the episode, we always like to invite you over to our website, which is desirejesus.com. You'll find lots of resources there in our bookstore and in our blog that we hope will help you grow in your walk with Christ. So stop by and be sure to let us know that you've stopped by when you visit the website. Again, it's always nice to hear from those who listen to our podcast. But that's it for us today. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week, and we look forward to catching up with you again right here next Monday. Take care. 
Hey there, it's Carly Mercouli, your host of Therapy and Theology, a weekly podcast that explores popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.